Welcome to the Nothing in Particular show, where you sit down with a beer, cup of coffee, or a great glass of wine and have an entertaining discussion with your new besties, Breezy Weeks and Travis Cody. What will we talk about today? Nothing in particular, or whatever is top of mind. Hello, welcome back here with co-host Breezy Weeks. Hey Breezy, how are you doing? Hello, welcome everybody. That was a great episode we uh, had last time around, and I'm sure people have lots of questions now about the course of your the trajectory of your career after you recovered from cancer. And, you know, I just want to say on behalf of the world that we're glad you survived. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I mean, some might beg to differ. <laughs> but... There's one or two people out there that are like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. Yeah. We, we might've left people hanging a little bit, but <laughs> Well, hey, we, I think that last episode was long enough. So, well, let's uh, let's just jump right back in it and uh, and get right back in it. So, we were in the last episode. We were talking about your your career in Hollywood. How you started out as an extra, got into featured, moved into stand-ins, uh, and what an awesome, amazing journey you've had with you know you've worked with uh, Steven Spielberg a couple of times. You've worked with Ben Affleck. You've worked with. Uh, Jude Law, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, but yeah. but the one I'm really curious about is your experience working with Michael Bay. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> All right. So when when was this, and what project was it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll just catch you up to speed, just kind of briefly. I so um, I did a couple quick little type of stand-in double jobs um, before I reached to Pearl Harbor. Um, I did, like I said, the Gwyneth Paltrow one, which got me my third voucher into the Screen Actors Guild. So I joined that. Um, this was still around the time where I was kind of, I just recovered from cancer. So, um, and now my older brain can remember the movie was called Bounce and it had Ben Affleck in it oh, and Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah, and I actually body doubled in that. So there's a scene where, you, where she's walking up to the TV um, to, there's a news, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to be spoilers. I mean, it's an old movie, but in case you want to go watch it, I don't want to spoil it, but, um, she goes to turn the news on in the TV and, and she's backing away from the TV in her bedroom. And that's basically, that's me doing that. Um, what? yeah. So I get to work on that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I also worked on a movie called Bedazzled, which was, um, nice. I love yeah. that movie. Elizabeth Hurley and Brendan Fraser and Francis O'Connor. Did you um, stand in for Elizabeth Hurley? So I don't, you know, and this will be, like we said, this will be other topics what we can talk later and we can get all juicy into these like details, but, and I don't want to talk bad about anybody, but I was hired to come work the first couple days and be Elizabeth Hurley's body double stand in. Um, at the time, now my hair was more brown and um, wasn't blonde anymore. And I, I did have, I, I had every, you know, the, the body and the hair and I did look um, very similar to her. So I showed up on set. I was hired. She came up to meet me and it wasn't, <laughs> she was just like not happy to see me if I could put it lightly. Um, did she give a reason or she just saw you and was like, eh? Yeah, just just eh, you know um 
I was, I don't know, you know, I'm not, I can't put words in her mouth, but like, I'm younger, she's older. I was trying to, here's, I'm an inspiring actress, you know, and then I'm working on set with her, but I don't know where you can go wrong because I was hired to be her stand-in. So if I look good to her, then that means she looks good, you know, and don't you want your stand-in and double to look good representing you? I don't see why that is damaging. Well, isn't that, uh, there was that movie, um, uh, Notting Hill with Hugh Grant and uh, Julie oh, Roberts. That movie. There's yeah. that whole scene where she's talking about the fact that she gets to choose her own butt double. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she's like, you know, that's the thing. It's weird. I but I like, I want to make sure that uh, whoever's representing my butt is the uh, you know the best butt possible. Right. Yeah. So she was a little catty on set for those first couple of days, and then I got a call uh, from production one day, and they said, um, "So Elizabeth." doesn't want you to be her stand-in but we really like you because and you know too that that will happen too so it's like the 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 actor will have some say but not always completely you know so they might feel one way but it's like okay but the director likes this person and they're good to work with and you know they are very professional so you know can we can we try to find a way to around this so they're they straight said like we don't want you for Elizabeth Hurley's. Um, we hired someone else for that, but instead we really like you. We really want you to work on set. So we're going to hire you for Frances O'Connor for her standing. So Elizabeth so, Hurley was thinking she was going to get you off set, but then just Ian stand on set anyway. <laughs> exactly. So I was still there. <laughs> so, so was there a moment where you came back on set the next day and she like gave you a double take of like, what the heck? A little bit. Yeah. And then she just moved on. And, and as, any you know doing that role like i said you you can't have too much of an ego you know in my position so i can't be rude and catty back to her i'll lose my job in a second so that's fine with me i'm not trying to make her feel uncomfortable so i i'm not going to be i'm just going to be nice and civil you know and be and just you know she's the star and i'm fine with that you have to be that way when you're yeah and well, yeah, also you know i think that it, it... I know this is going to sound like a massive oversimplification of the process, but you just got to, as a, as a, a film goer, you have to realize just how insecure most actors are. Right. Like, it's crazy. Even mm-hmm. guys that are like in the, the top of the top, some of them are even like, I mean, really, in the, I mean, for yeah. love of God, like Ray Romano just did an interview talking about working on The Irishman. And, you know, Ray's now what in his mid fifties and he had the, like the number one show for 10 years. And he was saying that even like his first day on set with Al Pacino or, uh, um, not Al Pacino, um, (laughs) Robert De Niro, his first day on set with Robert De Niro had a totally, I was going to call him Dustin Hoffman. I'm like, no, no, that's not the right guy. (laughs) Um, uh, but he said it was his first day, like working with Robert De Niro and like how he went home and called his wife and was like, I think I suck so bad that I'm going to get fired. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, 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 you know, and, and seeing as Hollywood is a fiercely uh, competitive on looks, mm-hmm. despite the fact that, you know, there's a, a, a woke element that likes to say, oh, no, you know, anybody of any body shape and size can be, uh, uh, and we just need to love everyone. That's fine. But, but no one wants to see <laughs> people of a certain size naked on screen. I'm sorry, Elizabeth yeah. Hurley or someone, you know, four times her size. Like, and it's not saying that that person that's bigger than her is bad in any way. I'm just saying that in American culture, the way we, where we're at right now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the way it is. 
so there there's a fierceness and you know and and looks fade uh, as you get older so i can see how someone in their in their mid 30s you know or late or early 40s and has a 21 21 year old person that, that that's a threat and if you're already insecure you know that that could be that could be uh, uh, stressful and a lot of actors are so especially women and we know how the industry is and the the changes we're trying to make in the industry which is a whole topic that we also yeah. want to that'll be to, another episode yeah. in of itself so it, it it's um it's really stressful for women and especially when you're aging too um it, it's changing and we'll we'll i love to like dive into that someday but like you know this is back in 2000, you know, and so we still were very old fashioned with that kind of thing. So I can understand. Yeah. Like some younger <laughs> chick shows up on set, you know? Um, mm. but so, yeah, so I had to really like, you know, find my place and, and not make them feel intimidated or be rude or just, you know, you have to let them shine. Um, so well, good on you for being that way. I, I remember I was working on a show called, um, I can't remember the name of it. Ryan, Ryan something year one. It was a TV, it was a pilot episode for a TV show that got picked up by Fox. And uh, I was an extra on the show. And I remember some kid got featured and it was insane to watch this guy go from being for two days. They were behind schedule to, to begin with. And so they came to us as extras. We were only supposed to be there eight hours. And they said, Hey, whoever is willing to stay, uh, you know, we'll pay you all of the, the, we'll pay you at SAG rate, which was crazy. So we ended up being on set for 42 hours straight. Oh my and, gosh. And so you can, you can imagine oh, the amount, amazing amount of overtime we got. Oh um, man. But there was this one kid that was hanging out with us because uh, they only had this one location and they only had it for two days and they were so far behind. They're like, oh crap, we can't wrap everyone because we're, we're going to lose location. We got to just get it done. And so they were just like, you know, in true Hollywood fashion, how do we fix the problem? Let's just throw money at everyone. And, and it worked. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I, I think I may have like two days. I think I made like 1200 bucks or something for which back in the day was like crazy amount of money. Yeah. And um, anyway, I remember this kid who would just, he was just like one of the extras, you know, we were, it, we, this was the funny thing about the scene. It was, it was a college scene. It was taking place in, in spring break and it's supposed to be springtime. So everyone's in bikinis and, 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 you know, board shorts and shirtless and outside it was 40 degrees and we were shooting at night. <sighs> yep. <laughs> so we're all like huddled around these little barrels, freezing our butts off. And there's this kid, he's been with us for like 20 hours and then he got featured on the second day. Oh, and like, it was, it was like, he just became like, he suddenly stopped hanging out with all of the extras. He went to his own barrel off to the side and he's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm featured now. I'm not an extra. That's how they do. Yeah. And then he was uh -huh. like, and then there was a scene where, um, I happened to be standing right behind like the main actor of the pilot and, um, and they cut the scene and the director came over and said something to the main actor and, he was talking to his, his makeup person and I, you know, didn't look like he was paying attention to the director. He was, but what was awesome was this other kid that just got featured. He literally walked up to the actor, grabbed him by the arm and turned him around and then gave him the exact directions that the director just gave him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like the, 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 the main actors looking at him and then he looked over at me and then I made like just the, you know, I did the whole like crazy cuckoo thing and was like, what a freaking a-hole. And then the, the guy started laughing, but like, I, and yeah, you're just like, 
what all he did was got positioned behind the main actor for a shot and then suddenly he like was better than everyone and yeah so it's just it's, it's crazy the ego that, that take place so i just bring that up i know it's kind of a bit of a tangent but the fact that you know you could have been all like uh now now i have to so was this post-cancer or was this pre-cancer um, it was, it was after, it was right about after I had just kind of Now see, all that. if that had happened pre-cancer, <laughs> Bitchy Breezy may have come out and been in like a bitch fest with Elizabeth oh, Burley. Yeah. But, but since you're, you're, now you were like, ah, who cares? It's like, why am I going to gripe about my, uh, my cup of coffee? Right. I'm getting paid and I get to hang out with, uh, you know, on set with Elizabeth Hurley and, uh, Brendan Fraser back in the day when he was a stud muffin. Oh yeah, he was very he was very kind too. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah, he was nice. So sweet. so sweet. I always like to hear about that. Yeah, he was adorable. Um yeah, and so after I did that, um and I actually did a little extra work on there too. Um that's also sometimes what will happen is if you're also like a stand-in or a double and and if they don't need you sometimes they'll pull you in as an extra as well so they can feature you too so i do have a couple featured parts and and bedazzled i um, so want to go back through all these movies now and take <laughs> screenshots i'm going to still post these on the website <laughs> yes. we should have it's like uh our, our our extra reel here's all of our here's all the screenshots from us being extras exactly and like we said you know some people like us like people that worked in the industry are just like eh, you know we just bat an eyelash to that but um to people who don't work in it it's it can be exciting and really interesting there you know i, I worked in it and it's still well, exciting i i do too i think it's fun you so know? did you ever get to the point like i did extra work enough and and you know when you first get there and you're an extra like you're all like timid and you're like you're listening to everyone i'll just do what they're telling me to do because you don't want to you don't want to piss anybody off and and after i'd been doing extra work for a while i just realized that you're just a cow. I mean, really, mm -hmm. you're just a, they, they look at you as a cow. Yeah. They don't think that you have any talent. If you speak, they're almost shocked. Like, wait, it talks. Mm -hmm. um, but so what will happen is, uh, you know, how they'll have the camera on the main stars and then they have somebody off on each side of the camera pointing at the extras of telling them when to go, right? You go, you yeah. go, you go. And so everybody's like waiting in line off of camera to be told when they can walk across the camera. And I remember that I was on, a, on, on one of the episodes of ER and I'm like, I wonder if they even really care. I think they just want movement. Mm -hmm. So what I did is they like pointed at me and I just walk across the camera. And then as soon as I got to the other side where the other line was, normally extras would just then just walk off and they would go stand in the corner until someone told them what to do. Yeah. I, in that scene, I just turned around and I walked back and I, and I just turned around and I walked back and forth. And it was like a five minute <laughs> scene that they did in yeah. one take. So there's an episode of ER where um, Eric, uh, is it Strata, Lestrada? Uh, he's, they're in the little, they're in the little cafe, the little hot dog cafe, him and another doctor into their table. And if you look behind them as they're talking, you'll see my head go by the window like six times. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. See, <laughs> I love to spot what extras do now. I do that now. You know, it's like, I want to kind of give them their little acknowledgement. And there's certain scenes in movies to this day, like um, in the original Grease, there is this like extra like dancer in the background at the very end scene where they're all dancing. Um, and he is just going nutso. And most people probably don't even notice him, but he is like so energetic and he's just going full fledged. Like, right, so and, Do you know what I want to do? This is what I, this is funny. This is one of the things I want to do as part of the show is I want to go through old classic movies 
and and find like those scenes where you have yes. like John Travolta and the other character and then to, right to the like left of John Travolta and right to the right of the other actress there's two extras there I, like, I want to track down those extras and then bring them on the show and talk about what it was like to work that on the show yes that would be so fun like, I, I mean I want to go all the way back to like singing in the rain and there's like the whole chorus oh. line I'm like I want to get the guy that's right up front on singing in the rain he's got to be like 75 80 now let's bring him on and see what it was like to work with uh, uh, Gene Kelly yeah, that would be so fun, for sure. That would be awesome. <laughs> forget, yeah. forget bringing on uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to bring the, I want to bring the guy on behind that was standing behind Tom Cruise on whatever that movie and talk about, you know, what was it like filming that day? <laughs> well, yeah, my so my brother, he he thought it was so fun that I did a little tiny, you know, extra feature role on this movie. Um, called Adaptation, which is like stars Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah. But so, he was such a big fan of that movie and Nicolas Cage. He was so excited. He got the screenshot. He's like screenshotted and like sent it to me like, oh, look, I saw you on the table in the background, you know? <laughs> and he thought it was such a big deal that I got to be in the same presence. I still do that with my friend John Donahue. Even yeah. though he's been doing this for 20 years, when I watch old movies, I'll screenshot it and be like, oh, I saw you on the show today. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, so um so yeah, after I did that, that's when I really got the big job for Pearl Harbor and and that was just um like just basically by word of mouth, you know, the people that were hiring me on these other jobs um they just basically I mean, poor you, me. you go from working with Elizabeth Hurley and Brendan Fraser and then you jump over to to Kate Beckinsale uh, ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett. I mean, this sounds like a horrible horrible <laughs> life you're leaving right, right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh and jennifer garner were you on set when jennifer garner were there too yeah all yeah wow. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. look at that yeah. be before she and ben even knew who each other were i know i saw this all happening from the beginning um but yeah that was wait so you're yeah, meaning like, to tell me there were sparks between the two of them all the way back then actually i didn't see any sparks to be honest so but it wasn't until she put on a red leather outfit that ben was Almost, like hey hello <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can kick yeah. the crap out of me with your kung fu let's go out on a date yes yeah so i started working on pearl harbor um got hired for that and again so i've got to ask <laughs> yeah. i mean there's stories and i have my own stories of michael bay but i just want to like I, I want to hear your some of your stories about first off what was it like working because you were standing in for Kate Beckinsale correct yes I was okay. standing and also her photo or body double now was she was she a little more cordial um yeah and you know at the time um I don't I know she's a couple years older than me we were all really young at the time you know uh, all, all the cast so and, there wasn't the age difference threat yeah, there wasn't that. Um, so we were, I know she was already a mom at the time and had been married or, or, or with the baby's dad at the time. Um, so she was a little farther along with that type of, you know, life um, style. But all of us were super young and kind of immature, um, the cast and stuff. So, but it, so it was, it was fun. It was, there was a lot of fun, a lot of joking and stuff. Um, but so yeah, did you get a little guy, go like party with the stars offset? Um, just not really like offset hours, but like onset when we're not like working, um, mostly the guys, you know, like Josh Hartnett and me, like really hit it off like as buddies. And he's such a, such a nice guy. And I don't blame him for kind of leaving Hollywood for a little while. Um, because he just, he was such a 
kind heart and um i could too see, kind of a heart for the likes of hollywood they yeah blended the, him up a little bit yeah, yeah trying to have that thick skin i could i could see that um and i did work on another um i i, I seen him a couple times like working on different things with him and i i could see that he had that but Kate Beckinsale, she was very kind. Um, she was very nice and uh, very polite. Um, so I, I didn't really have any like problems with her. And like, again, I just, I have to be very, you know, kind and personable and professional with her anyways. And I already had that experience with professionalism. So um, I was easy to, to kind of get along for that. I'm, I'm there for her, you know? So when, when they're like, when they understand that, like, I'm here to help her job be easier, you know, I'm making her job easier. And so um, when they know that, then they're, they're like, they appreciate you, you know, some, some really appreciate what you're doing. Nice. And she was one of those uh, people. So, um, but Michael Bay, <laughs> I want to talk about that. I do. I want to hear some, I want to hear some, some, some Michael Bay experiences. <laughs> and you know I hear he's intense. I'm just going to say, yeah, I hear he's intense. Yes. And, you know, I don't know how my path in life is still going to take me. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep it on the high of this. Um, but no, he, in all due respects, and all of us who have worked on set, like you said, work hours and I can only imagine his position. I can't, I don't, you know, I've never done that. You're given $150 million and (laughs) you're on set and you realize that, you know, for every minute that's wasted, you've just blown through like $70,000. Exactly. I can see how someone can be a little intense when people aren't doing their job. Right. Yes. Yeah. I can totally understand that. So that's what I have to say. Um, on set, he was very intense. I mean, yeah, you have the pressure, the money, you have all these people. I mean, not only that, you know, it's a lot different working on a film. It's a period film. You know, he, he's basing it on real history. So yeah. it's not just this made up story that you can kind of twist and change as you go along, which can happen with films. This is, you know, he's got to stick with these facts that people are going to have a nitpick. Over, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're talking veterans and stuff, you know, that are going to, you know, not, not agree with some of this stuff. So that's a lot of pressure. Um, so I, I can totally understand that. So he's very intense on set and he knows what he wants. He makes it happen. He loves explosions. <laughs> he loves to explode the crap out of things. He loves it. Um, which is hilarious. Uh, and he would always bring his gigantic dog, I think it's called like a, a mastiff or a mastiff. Mastiff, yeah. yeah the mastiff. ones that are like 150 pound dog. Yeah. Big, bigger would, than you. Right. He would bring sometimes, not all the time, his dog on set. And it was just this massive dog that would occasionally take massive piles of poo. <laughs> and you're just, and they're like, you could see the crew people just like, oh my gosh, like we got to clean that up, you know, like, but you can't bitch because it's Michael Bay's dog. Uh. <laughs> no one's saying anything, but, um, but you know, you know, he, he was, there was some difficult rough time, but like I said, I could, I could see the pressure. And the funny thing though, is you have Michael Bay is highly intense and very, um, you know, all wrapped up in, in work and stuff. And, and then when I saw him at the premiere, it was like night and day. He, he, I ran into him and it was like breezy. I mean, his voice was like, 
and I was almost stunned. I just like stopped like, are you the same person that I knew on set? And he was just like happy and cool and chill and personable. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. okay. So that made me like reflect that like, okay, the onset Michael is, you know, well, that's think, not all of you him. Know, we, you know, we, I, I, you know, from an acting standpoint, there, there's two people. There's, you know, there's the actor in real life and there's the actor who's playing a role on set. Yeah. And from the stories I've heard from Michael Bay, the same thing. Uh, so I always wonder if the Michael Bay on set is really a, a character that Michael Bay is playing. It's the Michael Bay director that he's playing. And then when the, it's over, he puts the, 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 the character away and goes back to being Michael Bay. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. That and, makes sense. You know, at the same time, I mean, they all helped, you know, get my pick me and, and get my job so I'm very I'm very grateful and appreciative and so even in those really anxiety moments that like he was pressed for whatever his was stressing him out that day time or money or just not getting the right shot or you know there was a couple moments like that it was just um you know I just I just you just again you have to just stay cool stay chill you know, um, and not like butt heads. Cause you, you know, as my job, I do not have that a place for that, you know? Right. So, um, now the guys yeah. on the little totem pole, you piss somebody off, you're gone. Oh, you're gone. So you just kind of have to <laughs> smile and take it. The wrong look will make you gone. And in fact, one day it was a really high intense day. We were doing the shot. It was, it was, um, on stage. Um, and we were, doing a shot where they're supposed to have a um it's like a, a plank that was getting roped up on the side of the boat um that they were on this big ship and he was doing this romantic ben was doing this romantic scene with kate and they were on this like plank platform and he's like on the side of a boat like pulling it up or something and lowering it down to the water and so um, and that was all on a soundstage most of it we did <laughs> that's oh, awesome yeah we did some of the water uh, over by the queen mary and then some of it was on the sound stage so as i was on this thing setting up the shot it's very wobbly because it's supposed to be you know natural like it's a, this plank floating on water i'm getting on it and it's a very awkward like oh my balance you know and i kind of was losing my step and i kind of laughed at myself for like almost falling <laughs> so i kind of just did like a little like giggle like oh you know and he got so mad like it just was a really high intense day and he was just like, you know, in so many words, threatening my job, you know, and I just, <laughs> you know, and I just like zipped it and just said nothing back, you know, and I just, and just, you know, just collected myself and just was like, okay, <laughs> like he's not, he's serious. You know, there's no laughing right now, you know? So, um, and again, like, I'm not trying to make him out to be this like villain. Like I said, it was a very like, high intense like days that we had so you know something like that like a laugh or a giggle or something he just is like no you know i'm not taking that today no joy for you <laughs> on set today how dare you, you know, yeah so so you did pearl harbor what i would like to do is kind of uh let's do some highlights of what happened after pearl harbor and then get into um you meeting the love of your life and what that journey's been like a little bit because i think that's a fascinating journey as well Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So <laughs> there was, I worked on Pearl Harbor and, um, I did a couple other 
little featured parts and things like that. And like I said, I was doing modeling. I started doing modeling um, and weaved in between all this time that we were talking about acting. Um, my biggest job that I did for modeling was um, doing a print. Um, so like magazine, pictor like, you know, in the magazine for um, Prada. And it was the sport version of Prada. The funny thing about that, see, this is what I told people is it, the whole fake it until you make it is very true too, okay? Like I gave someone advice about this recently as well because when I got that job, um, they wanted sport, sporty girls. I wanted that job more than anything. It was Prada. I was going to be in a magazine. And um, it was a group of us, that, a group of girls that we, we posed in this scene, um, this ad for Prada Sport. But when they told me the, the sizes that they needed of girls, I was actually smaller than, than the sizes that they needed because they wanted more like a sports athletic bodies. Well, that's unusual. <laughs> a model that's I, too small. <laughs> I mean, still thin, you know, still thin. I mean, you know, we're talking still it's like high fashion. It's got to be it, the first time in, in model history I've heard of a campaign <laughs> saying like, we're sorry, you're beautiful, but you're just too skinny. Right. <laughs> and that was so that was like where I lied about my size, but insane, I was a little bit bigger. And then um, I also, at the time, wild breezy stories, I had tattoos. I, I had gotten, <laughs> after having had cancer, it was like kind of a, a celebration. I got a, this big old tattoo on my ankle and um, I was heavily into rockabilly music at the time. And I got this uh, Dyson Flames tattoo on my ankle. <laughs> so um, here I was like nervous about having a scar on my biopsy on my neck because of modeling. But on my own, I went and got a tattoo. So, you know. So I'm taking it part of the requirements where they wanted like size four and sixes with no tattoos. Right. Yes. I mean, now you'll see tattoos on modeling. We're talking back in the early 2000s that wasn't accepted yet. So um, I had this massive tattoo, but I had learned how to cover it up very well because I had to for work. So I had this great technique how to cover it up. Didn't tell them I had a tattoo. I got the job. I showed up and no one ever said anything. I, like I covered the tattoo. They didn't see it. Um, and I did this Prada ad. It was really fun. It was, so I had done other little modeling things. So when they asked you about your size, you just said, oh, I'm sorry. I had the stomach flu last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, was fine. it was fine. I passed just fine. So, um, uh, but yeah, we worked on that. It was almost like a week and we went out to the desert, you know, in the, uh, like where the, um, the dry lake bed out there in the desert where a lot of people do photo shoots and such. So it had that crackly ground. Oh, wow. Um, we had our own like kind of like tour bus thing. They put us up in a hotel. They would, we had to wake up at the crack of dawn before the sun even came out, drive out to that dry lake bed, freezing cold, not and yet again, pretend you're not cold, run out to that lake bed, get in our pose, and right when the sun was just coming up because they wanted that sunrise shot. And that's, you know, a quick window. And um, all, all the works just for that one, those one photos. Yeah. You so. got like a five minute window of the sun's coming up. Right. <laughs> and it was a blast and I had a great time. And I was, I was living the dream. I had my own hotel room, everything, all expenses paid, food, you know. Um, I got free Prada gear and I still have to this day, you know, um, so, so now it's vintage Prada <laughs> and, um, I had a great time, nice. but 
also during that time, again, after my experience of what I had gone through and just being more humble about life, I was, I was with these groups of girls that in spite of this amazing opportunity we had, were just complaining the whole time. I had, at the time, we had Walkmans because we didn't quite have um, all the technology. So I had my head- Definitely dating yourself now. Yeah. So I had like headphones in listening to music just to drain out the complaining of the girls, the models, just anything that you could think of bitching about. And I'm just like, are you kidding? Like, this is awesome. So I couldn't stand that. And then also talking about like obsessing over their diets, what they ate, how they ate (laughs) and not in a healthy way. We're not talking about. It's funny because you're the one that's skinnier than all of them. Right. And, and, And we're not talking about like your wife and me and how we're into health. We're talking about unhealthy ways that they want to be thin. And I just was like, and they would look over and they're like, how, what do you do? What's your diet? And I'm like, nothing. I just eat whatever I want. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh I'm at sure, that. I'm sure that went over really well. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry to laugh at it because honestly, I, and one day we can go back on that. And I, I've experienced this. I've kind of um, revealed this online to people on my social media, but I was heavily bullied during elementary school, junior high and high school about my, about being thin. I was bullied and harassed so abrasively. I laugh now because it felt so good to be proud of myself at that time and say that like, you know, that's awesome. So yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. I should, I gotta probably All right. So next episode, uh... episode three, we're going to talk about (laughs) Breezy's journey into being the wife of a rock star. That'll be episode three. Oh, great. That's a fun, that's a fun story. All right. Well, as always, thanks. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode and we will see you next episode. Bye.